Welcome to From Caving In to Crushing It, the podcast for those who find themselves immersed in adversity and choose to write their story instead of having others write it for them. I'm Drew Duraney, and I'm your host. Mike Van Pelt, good to see you, true man. It's good to see you, Drew. How's it going, man? It's going well. It's going well. Better now that uh, you know we finally got time to sit down and talk. And uh, yeah, I want to share this with the world because the world needs to know who Mike Van Pelt is. So I'm going to get right to it. Um, you life is not linear. We all know that. <laughs> and uh, I want. I, I really want. <laughs> what's that? What's wish that? that was the case. Yeah, yeah, I wish it was, right? You press a button, the, the easy button from Staples. Yeah. Uh, we know it's not. And I really want to get to know the essence of Mike Van Pelt. Um, and so tell me, give me something in your life that really moved you to really become who you are now. Maybe you got your head out of the sand or the aha moment or something because we all have that, that yeah. moment. You know, for me, uh, in my adult life, uh, there was a there was a point where you know, if you recall, back in the late '90s, early 2000s, that's when technology was pushing, and the the internet was coming along. People were moving from uh, dial up to DSL. I actually sold that for a while, and and if you were really lucky in a business, you got a T1 line. Woohoo! Yeah, <laughs> I remember and that. So, you know, technology was really moving along and I had been involved in that business and there were a lot of startup companies and, you know, one would come along, they'd run out of money and they'd go out of business. And, and so there was a lot of that going on. And really what I was looking for was a little bit more certainty. And so okay. I fell into the uh, insurance world and um, it was good for a while. And then my wife and I moved to South Carolina and I really mm -hmm. hoped I could find uh, uh, a sage gentleman that might be, you know, five years or so from retirement who could right. really bring me into the business and, and teach me about things. But somewhere along that lines, I got out of focus and I got brought in my business and tried doing a number of different things. And when I did that, I just got lost in the shuffle and I hated what I was doing. Wow. And so there was a, a point where uh, I, I, my wife and I have always been, especially when the kids were young, talking to them about education and the importance of education. And I realized, well, geez, you haven't completed your college education. So you're kind of a hypocrite. Mm, and okay. it really hit me. And um, I remember very clearly the night I made that decision, sitting at the kitchen table with my wife and just really crocodile tears coming out of my eyes because I thought to myself, here we go, man, this is going to be painful, but I got to start over. And, uh, and you know, that, that's, that's when I went down the journey of not only getting my undergraduate degree, but getting my graduate degree. And, and that's really where the, the story begins. But that was a, a very pivotal moment when I knew that I needed to make I needed to, to, to make a change. And, you know, my wife was very supportive. And in fact, during that time frame, she told me to, you know, just stay at home with the kids, be a stay at home, dad, take care mm -hmm. of the kids, figure out what you want to do with your life and, and it'll all work out. And um, it took a little while to work out though, but <laughs> that's all right. Hey, you know but, what? 
Yeah. Very fortunate you had somebody supportive like that to yeah, do it. But, so that's a great. But that's certainly one point where mm. I can look at in my life, <laughs> and uh, I remember it very, very clearly. Um, you know what that moment felt like, and it's kind of like standing down at the bottom of the mountain and looking up and going, "All right, it's time to start climbing." <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yep. So. And, and you said the, 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 you don't want to be a hypocrite. And, you know, that's, that's, a, that's a tough thing. I mean, I, I, I know that a lot of us are able to give good advice and hope others take it, and we can't take our own advice. So how, how did that... I mastered that. Yeah, well, how did that hypocritical feeling feel? And tell me how you, how you, how you started the whole back to going the undergraduate thing and how it changed. <laughs> well, I mean... You know, it, it's, um, I just knew I was setting off on a journey. Mm. I knew I was setting off on a journey and, it, you know, prior to that, and part of what kicked that off was I had gone through a, a leadership program with the National Association of Insurance and Financial Advisors. It was a six month program mm, okay. and it was awesome. And I got done with that program and I went, what am I going to do next? And that's really what got me thinking about what is next look like, mm -hmm. you know, and, and that's, that's, you know, what led to going back to school. Now, the interesting part about all that was I went back, got my undergraduate and I had been doing also a tremendous amount of volunteer work in nonprofits. How old are you at this time? If you don't mind me asking. Uh, uh, right around, uh, right around 40. Yeah, 30, 30, 40. So right, right around that age when you yeah. start asking a lot of deep questions. Yeah, a lot of men, I was going to say, between 35 and 40, were like, okay, what's next? Yeah, yeah. and so, um, you know, I, I, I went down that journey. I got my uh, undergraduate, yeah. and I had all this great volunteer experience. I tried to go back out in the workforce, and I was just met with crickets. Jeez. And, and in fact, it was pretty painful. Um, and one of those, you know, it, and so, because I was doing all this volunteer work and because I love nonprofits and serving people, I started really looking at it. I'm like, what do these nonprofit executives have that I don't have? And mm -hmm. I thought, well, yeah. they have a graduate degree and, you know, I know we need a little bit more seasoning in some areas. So I'll go back and get that. But boy, oh boy, that made it worse because now, you know, people are looking at, yeah, now people are looking at my resume and they're going, yeah. Well, you've been a stay-at-home dad. You got all this education. Now, like, what am I supposed to do with you? And I thought, well, you're supposed to hire me. I mean, mm -hmm. isn't that obvious? Yeah, that's know? an obvious answer. But, uh, you know, what happened during that time frame, Drew, was I began to internalize those no's as I just wasn't worthy. Yeah, oh, boy. Yep. And, and it became a very painful process. And, and I remember being on a phone call one night. And uh, it was with the, the university I got my degree from. And they were doing, a, you know, kind of a, I don't even remember what it was exactly, like how to fix your resume or how to get a job type thing. Yeah. And they brought a quote unquote expert on. And um, so the expert was talking and I went into the chat and I asked a question. If you've had extended job loss, how do you find a job, you mm. know? Um, yeah. What do you put on your resume? And the gentleman responded back, well, how long have you been out of work? And I don't remember all the details, but I put it down. And the guy said, well, when I see a resume like that, 
and they've been out of work that long, I think they've probably uh, had an alcohol problem or been in some kind of rehab. What? Yeah, I, I dead how ser- inappropriate or that serious. And um, I just remember sitting there stunned, right? Because I asked the question. Yeah. The answer came right to me. It hit me between the eyes. And I just remember sitting there in stunned disbelief that he just said that because I'd put in a heck of a lot of work, right? Yeah. And um, I just sat there and then I, I thought I'm done here. And I, I logged off and um, you know, it's, it's interesting. You have two choices in that moment yeah. and I'd already been taking the hits. Yeah. And um, you know, at that point I really took another one. And uh, so, you know, it, it Things like that, you know, are the challenges that I think a lot of men face because as men, we're often asked, you know, once we get beyond what your name is, what do you do? Absolutely. And it was really during that time frame when I didn't have an answer, which yeah. made things even worse. Right. Because I, you know, I I knew what I was capable of. I knew the titles I probably should have, but mm-hmm. I couldn't say. And there were a handful of times where my wife and I, and we'd go to events quite often and somebody would say, well, what do you do? And I literally would virtually curl up in the fetal position and not have an answer. Well, that well, we've been, we men have been trained to see our self identity and have it tied to yeah. what we do for a living, you know, yeah. and it was just not, not healthy, man. No, no. So, you know, those are the things that, you know, really, began driving that whole entrepreneurial journey. I didn't know it at the mm. time because, right, the easy thing to go do yeah. is to go get that W-2, right, and, right. and get, get a get a paycheck. Yep. And um, so it, it, that was, a, that was um, you know, I see these things now as the breadcrumbs God laid out for me. <laughs> but, but back then. Yeah, yeah. That was a really uh, dark thing for me to go to. And quite honestly, I kept most of that inside. Now it mm-hmm. would come out in ways like anger, of course, frustration. Mm-hmm. And, it, and typically when that occurred, it came out at really inopportune times. <laughs> <laughs> like when someone yeah. asked you, what do you do, Mike? <laughs> yeah. So, um, and, and my gut feeling is I'm not alone in these feelings. I think a lot of guys go through this. Yeah, I think uh, basically what you said about keeping it in, I I call it suffering in silence. And we, most men do suffer in silence. And it's time that people like you and I break that and uh, let people know it's a strength to break that silence. Absolutely. So how'd you handle that? How'd you finally, how finally did you break that silence? Uh, You know, a lot of work. Yeah. Um, You know, I... I tried to surround myself with the right people. It wasn't mm-hmm. easy. Um, you know, I would read a lot of, of books, mm-hmm. self-help tapes. Right. Um, but I honestly, I think the interesting thing was at a certain point I decided, well, I've got the knowledge, skills, and ability. I just need to figure out how to become an entrepreneur and I'll do my own thing in the heck of corporate America. Yep. Um, if they don't want me. And I tried, uh, um, my hat at uh, some business consulting and I was at a network event and met a gentleman there by the name of Paul Bailey. And uh, Paul and I 
really hit it off over this discussion about how many takers there were at a networking event we were at. Oh my God. And we wanted to be a part of, of, of a, a giver type mm-hmm. mentality. Right. And so we decided we were going to do our own group group networking group, which actually quickly morphed into a men's small group. Okay. And uh, the interesting part about being in a men's small group was, you know, it wasn't affiliated with the church and Paul and I met some people and really started getting mentored in that. And it was in, in that, that real authentic discussions started happening. Okay. And um, it was, uh, and then I did something really crazy. Mm-hmm. I went to a retreat. I went to a men's retreat week. Crazy is good. That's usually yeah. where the answers are. <laughs> it's just yeah. very crazy. And it was really during that weekend uh, on a Saturday morning when they, they played a song by, a vol- it would, uh, you know, Josh Groban called yeah. You Are Loved. It's not a worship song, but right. the guy said, I want you to hear this as God singing it to you. Right. So the words, and, um, I heard the words and, uh, it was really in that moment that I heard God say, you know, you are my beloved son and I want an intimate relationship with you. And I never heard, had heard that in my life right. as a lifelong Christian. I didn't even know it was available. No, I hear you. <laughs> and, and so that really began to trend. That was in the spring of 2019. And okay. it, you know, it took me a while, most of that year to try to unpack that. But going into 2020, I had some pretty big plans. <laughs> Didn't and we all? COVID hit. Uh-huh. The dirty five-letter word. Yeah, and um, and that's, you know, that's where things got a little. It, 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 it obviously we all went through something during COVID, and it wasn't right. it wasn't a great period to go through. On the other hand, I point back to it now and realize that you, that that period gave me a different perspective of life and yeah. an opportunity to make a shift. Yes. You know, it's funny you say that because prior to that, right, the world didn't understand pivoting and making a shift and all that. And because of COVID and what a lot of us had to do during it, yeah. now no one blinks at it or no one thinks twice. Yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, we all shifted. We all pivoted. You know, Drew, I got... I got COVID over um, Christmas of 2019. And what was interesting about that was we had convinced my um, wife's parents not to travel because of COVID. And uh, because her mom is a diabetic and and they're a little older and we didn't want them to, to, to risk traveling. Right. Right. And um, I even remember sitting at Christmas dinner and we were having a discussion about COVID. And I remember jokingly saying, well, I'm sure if I ever got it, I'd probably get nothing more than the sniffles. I'm a pretty healthy guy. I've never really been sick. Yep. Little did I know I had COVID in that moment. In that moment. Okay. In that moment, I woke, I'd gone three places during that week and um, I woke up on Christmas morning and I was a little sluggish. But I just chalked it up to, well, I'm probably just relaxing. It's Christmas morning. Yeah. I was kind of tired all day and didn't think anything of it. The following day I woke up and I had a fever. Okay. And it was it was almost instantly I said to my wife, I called her back to the bedroom and I said, get your parents out of here immediately. I, I said, I, I think I think this could be the COVID. 
Yeah. And, um, sure enough, I went and got tested that night and I had it. And, um, I, in the meantime, Drew, I was mm. kind enough to give everybody an, a Christmas present and I gave it to everybody in the house. Oh, that was nice. Well, you teach yeah. people to teach yeah. your kids to share. So yeah. Yeah. So, but I was uh, down and out for about 10 days. Wow. Absolutely kicked my butt. Yep. And I've never experienced anything like that. And it was, um, and then when I came out of it, I was just in this brain fog, but I was very sentimental when I came out of it. And my heart almost immediately went to, man, you got a second and don't get me wrong. I'm, I wasn't, I wasn't in the hospital. I wasn't, you know, one of these people on a respirator or anything like that. Right. But what it, but what happened because I was in so much leg and back pain throughout that thing. And it was odd. I've never experienced anything like it in my life. Mm. And it was almost like when I came out of it, I just remember sitting at my desk going, you know, you know what, you know, you know what you need to do now, figure this out. Right. And, and I, you know, really started discerning this whole idea of a men's life coach. And now the strange part about that, I had a curveball coming at me that I didn't see coming on June 15th of 2020. My wife was let go from the organization she was with after 14 years um, because of COVID. And it really set our life off on a different trajectory. And it was during that time I found somebody that actually had some coaching tools and, and that's, that's the pivot that was, there were some points in there where I was being introduced to people that were going to help me get to where I am now. Mm -hmm. And, um, what a, what a journey. It's funny to look back on that story now because, because 2020 seems like a long long time ago. It does. Yeah. A lot's (laughs) happened since then. Yeah. 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 So, so you got through the COVID and you met this, this gentleman and you have these tools. What did you, what did you do next? Well, you know, I went through his training. I went through his training and, uh, cause my wife and I were trying to figure it out, Drew. I mean, when I met him, I was out looking for franchises. Okay. All right. Something for my wife and I to do. To do. Yeah. You can do it again. And, uh, you know, we were, we were grasping at straws, man. We, mm-hmm. cause we knew, uh, we were in a smaller area. My wife's always been involved in corporate and we knew that the chances of us staying where we were at were not that great. And, uh, so I went, you know, we're, we're just looking for anything, mm-hmm. you know, trying to figure it out. And I found this guy online Drew, if I tried to recreate what I did, I don't mm-hmm. think I could do it again today. How I found that guy. Yeah. Usually um, happens that way. You know, it was a God thing. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, basically I went through his training and I said, listen, the bottom line here is that we're going to have to relocate. We know we're going to have to relocate. We don't know where we don't know when, but a lot of, you know, the details are going to come on me because my wife's just going to have to go to work, you know? And you, so, and you had children at this time, obviously. Yeah. Yeah. Our, our son was getting, he was getting ready to be a senior in high school. Oh, boy. Sophomore. So yeah. that, I mean, you're talking about major disruption, yep. which is Absolutely. why my wife and I were trying to figure out what, what, what to do. Yeah. Uh, ultimately he said to me, uh, you know, Mike, when you're, 
when you're ready, let me know, but continue going through the, the training and get certified. And, you know, when it's time, you know, we'll pull the trigger. Interestingly enough, during that time, I'd sent him a couple of blogs and he said to me, have you ever thought about doing a podcast? <laughs> I'm like, funny, you should ask. It's kind of the ongoing joke in our men's small group that we should have recorded this group session. It would have made a great podcast. And I started looking into it and I really began the podcast. Paul and I began it together. Now it's more of me interviewing somebody like this format, Yeah. but it was, it was during that time that Paul and I started the, the podcast and uh, I hired a podcast coach and just really began to fall in love with this format. And it hit me right where I was because I was curious and I wanted to learn from other people. And um, that's the beauty of, of doing podcasts and having these formats is that you could talk with whoever you want. Yeah. And, you know, and um, so it, 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 that's how the podcast began. It was, it was really kind of a joke and I'm yeah. not a technical guy. So, yeah. you know, I, I really had a lot of fear on how to even operate some of this stuff, but uh, you know, we worked through it and um, gosh, wouldn't you know it? I mean, we just, just released the 100th episode. So God bless. Way to go, man. A hundred. That's, that's a big milestone. It's, uh, you know, it's something that I've absolutely fallen in love with, yeah. uh, you know, primarily, um, you know, it, it, you and I were talking about this before we jumped on the podcast. I mean, the amount of technology, social media out uh, there, I mean, yep. gosh, when I first got into sales way back when, I mean, my sales manager took me out to a, a building and dropped me off and made me knock on doors. You know, now you can't really go knock on doors. Yeah. You got to find other, you know, ways to do it. And what right. I love about podcasting um, is it gives opera people an opportunity to hear me and, and get, it's that no like trust factor, right? Like there's Mike, you know, Hey, he's a real guy. He's got real challenges like me and, you know, here's how he deals with it. Or I bring an expert on and we talk about it. So it's one of the reasons why I love this format. How's it, how, uh, how is the coaching going now and, and, and the podcast, how, how are they working together to help drive your message? I, I think you find different, you know, you figure it out as you go yeah. through. I mean, I, this is not, uh, an area that I'm an expert in and you know, what I've learned to do is, um, in fact, I'm learning to talk about this. Um, yeah. there's so many different facets to it is ask for help. Yeah you know, um, and go to help from people. I have some podcast people that help me edit it now. And we do uh, biweekly calls and have strategy that we're implementing. Um, and, um, I have a small business coach that, you know, we develop strategies and, and, um, you know, we're trying to intertwine, you know, not just the coaching and the podcast, but, you know, like you, you know, I'm, I'm writing a book and, mm -hmm. you know, working on a, a speaking platform and, right. and, you know, we're trying to intertwine workshops and masterminds and, and, um, there, there's a lot of activity going on right. in my, in my <laughs> world right yeah. now. It's, uh, now it, it's fun. It's exciting. Yeah. And I'm learning yeah. a lot. And, um, but it's, but it's because I, Finally gave up control, Drew, and, yes. and, and asked for help. 
Yeah. And um, that's a big part of my message now. Uh, that's a great message, Mike. And thank you for, for sharing and being emotionally vulnerable. Um, that's one thing that men need to start doing more often, asking for help and be, being a little more emotionally vulnerable <laughs> so we can get that darn help. Yeah. Um, so, all right. So I got two questions to end this with, and then we'll learn more about how people can reach out to you. Yeah. Uh, you're sitting down with young seven to 10 year old Mike, and you would like to give him some advice on life. What are you going to tell him? Well, it, it's, it's funny. Um, so I'm, I'm jumping ahead here a little bit, but in yep. an upcoming book that I'm going to be a part of, collaboration book, Cracking the Rich Code, the chapter that I'm writing on is asking, the power of asking for help. Good for you. And one of the reasons that I talk about that was what's interesting in you asking that question was uh, in the article, I talk about an event that occurred in 1976 when I was six years old. Okay. And um, the teacher had noticed that uh, my... I, I was kind of going cross-eyed, like my one, my oh, wow. right eye would, uh -huh. would go off into the corner and I had astigmatism. Basically they call it a lazy eye. Yeah. And they took me to the doctor and, um, he, they had a little projector back then. And he said, what do you see? And I said, I see the moon jumping over the cow. And he went, Whoa, <laughs> hello. <laughs> oh. uh, no, you know, you're supposed to see the cow jumping over the moon. Yeah. And he diagnosed it as a lazy eye and then okay. I, you know, I had to get glasses. And, and the reason why that's of any interest whatsoever is I, you know, 1976 in first grade, that was somewhat unusual. Right. Absolutely. And, um, you know, what happened as a result of that, right. You get a little bullied every once in a while, the yeah. four eyes thing, mm -hmm. but you know, where I landed was that whole stereotype of, well, you must be smart. You wear yeah. glasses. Right. Yeah. yeah. And, um, I rejected that notion and okay. and here's how i rejected it uh since i'm smart i can't raise my hand and ask questions i can't go ask for help because um, i'm supposed to know smart. the answer yeah and so you know i got a little behind uh, i you know when i was in grade school i was a decent student but i started goofing off when i got in junior high but but i wouldn't ask for help mm. And I wore that as a badge of honor, you know, well into my adulthood. Um, I was not one of these guys that went and asked for help. And, you know, what I would tell that six, seven-year-old kid is don't buy into that BS. Mm -hmm. That's good. If you no, have I, a question, yeah. go get help. Absolutely. No, because it great. caused me to fall behind a little bit. Yeah. No, that's great. Absolutely great advice. All right. So. <laughs> So, all right, so now you're going to ask for help. Now you're going to put a different hat on. And you're now sitting with young Mike, the businessman, soon-to-be entrepreneur, and you want to give him some business advice from what you've learned over your life. What are you going to tell him? Yeah, I just wrote about this for an article that I'm going to be in. Um, and, and it's almost cliche because you hear this a lot. Um not only ask for help, but fail fast and ask for help. Okay. Uh, you know, Explain because, that. you know, you, you need to make you, here's the bottom line. 
so many of us go through life trying to avoid failure or right. avoid making mistakes. Now yeah. I'm a recovering perfectionist, so I know how yeah. this works yeah. very, very well. Yep. You can't, you're not going to be perfect right. and you will fail. That is a foregone conclusion. Mm -hmm. And despite what our culture teaches us this day, accept the fact that you failed mm -hmm. and figure out how to make it work. And right. if you can't make it work, go ask for help. Okay. And I think okay. not, you know, if anybody who's an entrepreneur or just in life in general, I mean, you right. can't be afraid to fail. You can't be afraid to fail. You can't. Sometimes you're going to finish second. That's okay. Mm -hmm. What do you learn from it? You know, I've lost a lot in my life. I actually remember being a part of a junior high basketball game and we lost by a hundred points. Can you believe that, Drew? Wow. I don't even know how that happened. That's amazing. But actually, Congratulations. A That's a yeah, it was a JV basketball game. As a matter <laughs> of fact. Um, so, uh, you know, listen, you can't be afraid to fail. You will. Yep. And that's, that's okay. And that's something that I've had to accept as an entrepreneur um, because I came into this as, well, everything's got to be just right. Right. Yeah. I mean, everything's got to be right. Yeah. And, yeah. and it just does not work that way. No, and quite doesn't. honestly, as a men's life coach, I don't think my audience wants to see everything work right because then it provides them um, one of the many stories I get to tell about, Mike doing something wrong and then he learned from it and fixed mm -hmm. it. <laughs> mm -hmm. Now you need those stories because you don't want to, you know, you, you can't come across as somebody who's perfect. How are people going to nah. grow? You can't. No. Well, thanks for sharing those uh, things. So now I'm sure the audience is going to want to get more of, of Mike Van Pelt. So here's <laughs> your opportunity to uh, tell them how to get in touch with you and what you want them to know. Well, I mean, you can always send me an email at Mike at truemanlifecoaching.com. Um, but, you know, my website, we're constantly tweaking it and working on it. All my social media is out there. The podcast is on that page, mm -hmm. truemanlifecoaching.com. Um, you know, the pod, True Man podcast is on all major podcast channels, but we've got it on our website as well. And, um, you know, I'm working on my, my solo book, um, True Man, True Ways, A Roadmap of Discovery. Ooh, uh, I love that title. Masculine Heart. That'll be out this fall. But prior to that, I'm going to be in a collaborative book with uh, uh, speaker Jim Britt and uh, Shark Tank star Kevin Harrington. Okay. Um, Cracking the Rich Code. That should be out around June. So Great. see, I, I just, I got all kinds of things. In you have a lot going on. Here. Good for yeah. you. All right. Well, thank you, Mike. And I really appreciate you coming on. I'm, I'm very grateful you're in my life and we're hanging out together and I appreciate your support uh, in what I do. And I'm here to support you in what you do. So thanks again for coming on. Thanks for having me on, Drew. Had a good time. All right. Take care, everybody. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Thanks so much for listening. If you enjoyed the episode, Please subscribe and give us a review to help others find it. If you find yourself immersed in adversity and would like to find support from other men in times of struggle, please become a member of my Men Supporting Men Collaboration Tribe by emailing me at drew at profitcompassion.com, expressing your interest, and I'll get in touch with you. Speak to you soon.